Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jillian spent the last 30 seconds trying to figure out if we were on the air. I was just grooving. <laughs> she was, was like, like, are we live? Starting us she was out just with getting a little... It. She was. Busy getting it. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, thanks for hanging with us today. We're live and local. Super excited about being here on Saturday. Overtime right here on 610 Sports Radio. We have Uno Cero in the building. Yep, I am here. We have Julio in the booth. Yeah, yeah. And hey, it's Jillian. We're super excited you guys are here today. Um, maybe you caught us Thursday evenings, Jillian, Carol, and Ocero. We are changing and evolving into a live and local show on Saturdays. Yeah, and uh, Jillian Carroll's here. She drove all the way in from Wyoming <laughs> to be here and do this show live <laughs> and locally here in Kansas City. Your boy we are Wyoming. happy to have you back Thank in town. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Thank you. Thank she was from that Emmy was so powerful. Yeah, you drove. You were you had to drive all the way it's from across enough. the country. No, she I was t- in Yellowstone National Park I doing t- the show, <laughs> and now jet. she's here. I took the jet, hopped on. Uh huh. Yeah, the, the, the jet right that in. they give you when you win the Emmy Award. Oh, okay. yeah, and you fly in. It's made of solid gold too, just like the Emmys are, and that's how she got here. And there goes that. Okay, so that's out of the way here. Thank you. No, I did drive in this morning, though. I would not miss a show. I'm very excited to come back. We appreciate that. Of course. Of course, of course, of course. We've got a good show to start off with. Um, as we talked about, obviously, our show from Thursday grew, so we, we gained an hour, and we're looking forward to uh, being more generally just Kansas City. So Live and Local is our theme. We're looking at arts. We're looking at sports. We're looking at music, restaurants, everything Kansas City. Um, and we're getting started today. We have a little intro here, so hopefully you guys reach out and say what's up. Um, pretty excited to follow a whole day, the whole rundown. It's, it started off with what? Um, 10 o'clock, leadoff with Brandon Kiley. That was a good one. And uh, then, obviously, you have uh, Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens and Nick Price, which is a very big show. They out here uh, killing it there with their with their master's coverage <laughs> over there on uh, from 12 to 3. And then, obviously, now us, 3 to 5. Well, actually, 3 to 4.30 today, but today. usually we're going to be 3 to 5 because we have 6.10 Saturday coverage for of the Royals. Cody Tapp, Cody's on deck show at 4.30, a full hour of local Royals coverage before the network takes over and you get Steve Stewart and Steve Fiziok and all the guys up there as they get you ready for game number two. For the Royals in their weekend series. Which should be good, but we're more excited about our show, so thanks for hanging with oh, us. Oh, we can't say that because we're <laughs> the home for the Royals, so we're excited about the Royals, too. But yeah, we, we are currently in our debut of a, the sequel to Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero, that is Hashtag Overtime. Hashtag Overtime. Love it. Uh, got some good stuff for you today. We're talking Royals. We're talking sporting. Um, we're going to bring in a local guy, artist, uh, homegrown. 
doing some really big things and uh, just in the arts and the music and the photography industry. Uh, got a place down in the West Bottoms. He goes by the name of Travis Carroll. Yes, he is my... There's no relation to <laughs> Jillian Carroll. No relation at all. No, he is my youngest brother. Uh, pretty proud of him. But he's just a really great... Um, just a good kid to get to know. He's really heavily active down in the arts. And then, like we said, he has a studio in the West Bottoms. We'll get, we'll hear from him later, obviously, in the show. But Julio will uh, jump in and bring us some web hits and keep us current. And we're starting off with uh, what's going around. Well, finished up the final four. Yep. And our boy, Patty Cakes Mahomes, was all over. I, be- I fully believe that there was probably at least one or maybe two cameramen whose one job was to follow Mahomes during the championship game. What do you think? Yeah, I uh, let's be honest here. I think a lot of Chiefs fans, I think a lot of fans in general in Kansas City decided that they were going to be bandwagon Texas Tech fans simply because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes, they had, they had the Patrick Mahomes cam trained on him the entire time and he, a lot of people, I, I, I've seen this uh, all around the city. I saw this on social media and whatnot. People adopted this Texas Tech team. People really fell in love with this Texas Tech team, even though uh, we all knew that there was nothing really that redeeming about Texas Tech basketball. Uh, they play a very boring style of basketball that I personally don't really care to watch. But people adopted this team after their favorite teams got knocked out, K-State, Kansas. Mizzou didn't even make the damn tournament. And... So they adopted this team simply because of the fact that Patrick Mahomes was the guy. He's our guy, and we like whatever he likes. And so I feel like a lot of fans in Kansas City and around this area here adopted this team simply because of that. And uh, and and it wasn't enough for me because I was really only watching this tournament because of Duke because I really wanted to see Zion Williamson go out there and play or R.J. Barrett play because one of those two is going to be a future Phoenix Sun. And so it was that was the only reason why I had to watch. But there was a lot of a lot of fake Texas Tech fans here <laughs> in the last couple weeks or so simply just because of Patrick Mahomes. I don't see a problem with that. I think there are so many brackets busted early that people were just trying to appreciate the game and they could relate to Texas Tech being a Cinderella story and their number one cheerleader being a guy who they are a huge fan of. And so I think they are kind of living vicariously through him. And I think that they just jumped on the bandwagon. Kelsey was out there a couple games too, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Fake chugging beers and such. Oh, fake, yeah. Fake. <laughs> fake chugging. Yeah, I saw they that. They were chilling. I thought it was, you know, good for them, you know, that they're able to go support. And I don't, I do not see a problem with all these, like, like you're Does Travis bandwagon. Kelsey look like a beer chug? He looks like a liquor guy to me. Like, he yeah, looks like he a guy that's like, to be a beer he looks like guy. a Ciroc guy, you know? Like, he looks like he's on yeah. the stuff that the rappers endorse, like Ciroc. He looks like he's a Cristal guy. Or, uh, or I, don't, I don't really see him shotgunning a beer. No, yeah, no, I don't. He doesn't don't look like know. the guy. I, what What makes you say that though? He's too pretty. He's too yeah. pretty for that. He's not like like uh, when you look like when you think beer drinker, you don't think. I think of a beer guy. I think Chris. Look at Chris. I'm not a, a beer drinker. drinker. <laughs> I'm a liquor drinker. I drink Jack. Like guys with the big thick beards like this, I, they're they're Jack drinkers. Um, uh, he looks like a yeah. He looks like a Ciroc. He looks like a a, a Bacardi guy. You know, Bacardi. That's a female drink. No, guys drink Bacardi too. <laughs> Come on. That's no, I fe- uh, I'd classify that as a female drink. I I disagree with. It you. doesn't mean I don't enjoy them. I vehemently di- disagree drink. with you. I think that uh, I think that uh, Bacardi is a man's drink. So you think that he was fake? Hey, Dusty is Dusty beers? is is Bacardi <laughs> a man? Uh, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, you can hear me. Is Bacardi a man's drink? Yes or no? Can men drink Bacardi? 
He he gave me the thumbs up. How, he gave me the no. thumbs in the middle, borderline thumbs up in the middle. It's female. If it's borderline, it's female. No, it's not. If you're out at the club and you order a Bacardi, it's going to come with an umbrella. It's going to come with the cherry. Not all it's Bacardi gonna, drinks no, are going to get an umbrella. Drink. No, no, that's not true at all. I think that is a. If you get like the drink that has the umbrella in it, that's a <laughs> that's a female drink. Hey, it's the, one step above Malibu is where I'd put it. No, and what's no. Malibu? A female's drink. No, no, it's not one step above. It's got the bat on it. It's got the cool logo. I know people that, too hard I know this, that, I know people that drink Bacardi. Anyways, Travis Kelsey looks like a Bacardi So we drinker. think he was, you, you really think he was fake chugging those beers? Is that what you're saying? Oh, the, what? We all saw it. Why, There's no why doubt about fake it. He fake chug chugged the beer. The beer. Why? Because he's he cool. Want, he wanted to look cool without actually getting drunk. I don't think Travis he Kelsey needs to worry about needing to look cool. I think whatever Travis Kelsey does, people think is cool. I I don't know. People were pretty uh, pretty angry about him throwing the flag back at the ref. I don't think people were like, "Oh, that's cool. I love that. That's Travis Kelsey." Okay, but as far as like style or swag or being out doing whatever, I think whatever he's doing, people are like, "Okay, that's Travis Kelsey." So it's it's cool by me. I don't I, think he needs to worry about trying to be cool. I see, think he's I, already. I disagree. Good. I think I think he's got to maintain I that think, persona. I think Kelsey has like a higher bar to to be cool. Like if Patrick Mahomes did that. Like Patrick Mahomes has a lower bar because oh, I mean people really like him, like I don't know. really I, like him. Like he could be cheesy, he could be corny, and people will still love it because it's our quarterback. It's the Patrick man wore Mahomes. jorts and and everybody loved him. Yeah, no, because that normally that, that normally that would be unacceptable. But like it's you, him. The only people but that can wear him. jorts are Anthony Sherman and John Cena. That is it. Those <laughs> are the only Sherman two people. Should, wait, let's get this clear. Anthony Sherman should not have worn them. No, he could do it. Was not because he look looks like him. a guy that would wear jorts. Was it funny? Yes. Was it a good look? Anthony no. Sherman could pull it off. He could pull off because he had the suspenders. He had the whole the whole overalls and whatnot. He could pull it off. Him and John Cena, only two people that can wear jorts. Whatever Patrick Mahomes wore. Patrick Mahomes wore it and it was disgraceful. I, I was I was embarrassed. I, I was embarrassed. I think people ran Real with it. I saw. I was I was I, talking about we got we might have to trade this man because he's rocking jorts and a cut. He wore a cut off T Bone's jersey. That right, was and then months later he's MVP and people are dressing in jorts for Halloween if he, trying if to he, be Patrick if Mahomes. If he shows up in jorts. At the races, uh, what is it, next month that they're doing the races? Uh, if he shows up in George there, we gonna, we had to talk. He's not going to repeat an outfit. He's he not might. Gonna do that. And maybe he'll have like oh. a new, he'll have like the new, uh, the new jersey. He'll have like a, like a different local jersey. Like he'll show up in like a Mavs jersey. <laughs> oh, cut shit. off just like he did with the, with the T-Bones. And, uh, and he'll wear the George there. And then I'm going to have to go up there and we're going to have to have a talk. Hey, uh, uh, just wanted to chime in here with the um, text line here coming in hot. Bacardi is a female drink. Another one from the A16, no self-respecting man drinks Bacardi. First and foremost, you can't even spell Bacardi correctly on the <laughs> oh, text line. I knew he you was can't even spell that. Bacardi correctly on the text line. It's B-A-C-A-R-D-I, not B-I-C-A-R-D-I. Because it's a man who doesn't drink it. No, so no, no, why no, would he no, not no, spell no. It? She's got a point there. You're not a, a Bacardi point, expert Jillian. if you can't even That's spell Bacardi point. right. <laughs> well, he's saying it's a man. No. It's it's, it's a female's drink, no, so he's no. talking about like, I, I don't know I, anything I, about Disagree with the texter. On the text line, on the uh, protein housing with the purpose text line, 69306, I disagree with you. Uh, if you can't even spell Bacardi right, I, I can't really take your opinion on this. It's just proof that he doesn't know anything about See, it's it. It's a tough word to spell. Because he is a man. It's not that, that hard. Word to spell. You can Google it. Okay, I, you know, I got you. you if you have to yeah. Google it, it's a tough word. Yeah, no, you should Google it before you get it. You can't be an expert if you got to Google it anyways. So, no. it's a. I think, it's a, I think men can drink it acceptably. Now, if we're talking about Kahlua... Uh, nah, that's a Moving that's on. a female's drink. No. You got a Kahlua. That's a female's drink. This is off the rails already. We are not even ten <laughs> minutes into the show. We're off the rails.
Because we got, okay, back to the fact that I don't think Travis Kelsey had to fake chug a beer. Um, I liked seeing Patrick Mahomes out there repping his school, and I thought it was cool. I don't mind the people are supporting it because he's supporting it. Like I said, brackets were ruined from whatever week that was, so people are just trying to enjoy a game. And do you did you see how, I'm telling you, there has at least one camera that's sole job was to track Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Yeah. His celebrations were on point, though. He had the arrow. He had like he had so many different celebrations, and they caught every single one of them. He's going to be the face of the NFL here. Really I mean, he's soon. quickly yeah, approaching. He almost that. is Very, yeah. almost, but you still got Tom Brady looming in the background there. You still got Aaron Rodgers doing all those State Farm commercials. So I mean, we're, we're just almost close there. All yeah, it takes but- is for him is to get like. Three commercials per football game that you watch. Well, Aaron, and it's not even just like for him, like just three f- commercials for football games that you watch, and he's become that face of the NFL. This year. It, it will be this year. Aaron Rodgers has had some some negative publicity lately, and, and Tom Brady's just, he's falling off the map here. I think people just I mean, he just won that. the Super Bowl. I don't know you can say he just won't fall. He's falling off the map. Yeah, but, but, but people are endeared it. towards him. I think him. they're yeah, over everyone's it. Everyone's over that. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes is picking up some steam right now. He's picking up some momentum. He was in this, uh, what is it, Essentia water commercial or whatever it was. Dude, I, I saw dudes it everywhere. Dude's yeah, everywhere. I just saw it earlier. And then uh, he's, uh, all he needs is like that really cool, like, what is he with, uh, Adidas, I think he's, he's with? He's Adidas. He's like Oakley. Yeah, he's with Oakley now. He just needs like, get, just like. Three commercials per, per football game. And all of a sudden now he's become the guy. Well, I also respect what he did. And I don't know, shout out to his agents, his parents, I don't know what. But he waited on the endorsements. And I appreciate that because he, I'm sure he had multiple opportunities. But he waited and he proved himself on the field first. And then he was like, okay. They rolled in and he just jumped on it. He just he just said, um, didn't he just announce his foundation, the Mahomies? Oh, man, I forgot it now. The 15 and Mahomies. 15 and Mahomies. <laughs> Uh, but the man Couldn't waited. Think of a better name? No, I like I that. Hate that name. But I, I appreciate the fact that he waited and he proved himself as the athlete, as a stand-up guy, and now all the endorsements. Now we're not going to be able to go, you know, like you said, like a game without seeing his face. No, no. I think I think once he gets to like the three, he's the guy now. And the NFL, I think, really wants him to be the guy because you can't keep trotting out Aaron Rodgers and 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 right, uh, right, Peyton right. Peyton Manning's still doing a bunch of commercials. He got the nationwide commercials right now, and and he hadn't played in a few years. So they're 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 needing some new blood here. They're needing some new Certainly. stars, and Mahomes is the guy right now. Certainly, and I'm okay with it. I'm pretty sure most of Kansas City is as well, but. Um, let's jump to break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk some Royals. We got a record broken. We got other things going on. Uh, don't go anywhere. Overtime with Unocero and Jillian coming up. Mahomes Magic Crunch. Julio is just full of good ones today. I'm loving it. All right, we have to jump back over to this text line because y'all are coming in hot, and I'm loving it. The Protein House, Eat With a Purpose text line, 69306. Yep, you keep promoting that because they're they're continuing. I mean, they paid for the spot, so we got to say the name. No, that's fine, but you keep letting the people know because they keep coming in on my side. So See, these people don't know what they're talking about. They're not really feeling Chris right now. These people don't know what they're talking about. Listen, this is from 816. Bacardi 151 is a man's drink. I'm 151, okay? I agree with that. Um, thank you. Thank you, Texter. What was that from the 816? Thank you, Texter from 816. All the other ones I'm talking about a bunch. Uh, Bacardi rum is the same as whiskey, brandy, cognac, vodka, tequila. I would say they're all female drinks. 
Get out of here. No. Um, okay, so the it's one. Too far. That's too far. Get out of here. The one piece of, I think the one thing that I would say on this is the only exclusion on this is when you're in college. Because when you're in college, anything you can afford or get your hands on is fair game. We were me. vodka drinkers at Mizzou. We were uh, Natty Light. We were, we were Natty Light. Natty Light, Natty Light, Natty Light was cool, too, if you want to do Natty beer. Natty Ice, actually. We were Natty Ice. We did Natty Light. <laughs> Natty Ice, Natty Light, we, want, when we splurged, we got Natty Ice. Because Natty Ice is a little bit more expensive than Natty Light. Uh, yeah, when we splurge, we, we would do that, but you would get like a special kind of drunk when you got drunk off of Natty Ice. You said so a we got, kind yeah, you get a special kind of drunk. Like you, a drool on yourself like, kind of drunk. Like throw up in the drive through a Taco Bell kind of drunk. So we would stay away Sounds from Natty Ice. It was very personal. Somebody threw up in my car when they got drunk on Natty Ice. Okay. We came back from a, uh, from a uh, party in college, sophomore year. I don't think he's over that. I I'm not over that. I think he thinks I'm not about over it every that. day. It's a, that's a, it, it went to a different place there. Well, I'm sorry, guys. Another one here. No self-respecting man drinks Bacardi. Uh, female drink. And then drink with a word that is referred to as a female. <laughs> Lots of support. Yes. So thank you. I appreciate that. I am definitely. Bar- if you're a man and you're drinking Bacardi, you can keep on walking. I, I disagree. I, mm. I disagree. That's and fine. I'm, thank you for continuing I'm, to crush. And I'm, and I'm not even a, uh, I'm not even yeah. a, uh, a rum drinker anymore. Back in my back in my college days, I was a Captain Morgan's guy. Captain Morgan's is a very manly drink. I don't give a bleep what you say on the text line. Captain Morgan is a that's very suspect. that is a very man. That's, that's you see the dude on the cover of the of the of the borderline. bottle? He is digging the hole. Just keep that dude digging. is just, just he's got his digging. foot on the on the barrel. He's got the full beard. He's got the goatee and everything. That's a manly drink. Nope, false. No. I have I don't think I've met a Completely female that false. has I don't think I've met a female that's drank uh that's that's drank uh, um Captain Morgan. I don't think I have. I would drink Captain Captain and Coke. You you'd be the first one I would met that would do that because most know who of them would get some fruity drinks. Most of them want some fruity drinks. Time with we need some new friends. <laughs> I, I I think I'm doing all right. Ooh. I think you guys are just wrong about this. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I do like this last one though. Tech Nine said it was okay. Okay. If Tech Nine says it's okay, it's okay. You just helped Chris's case here. Yeah, he made a song. He made a song about a drink that include 151 rum. So thank what? you. One fifty one again is a different story. I agree. I completely agree. Still wrong. Thank you. Still and wrong. It, and it still takes me back to college. And if tech level. endorses it, if tech endorses it is I think it's perfectly fine. I think we can do that. Well. Moving on. Yes, moving on. <laughs> so big week for the Royals. Won a uh Whit Merrifield ended his well, first of all, let's talk about the, the record that he broke. Yeah. He broke uh George Brett Brett's consecutive games with a hit streak. Uh, that was 30 games that he had. Uh, Witt beat that earlier this week, getting his 31st hit on Wednesday. Uh, it was a very, very big occasion for everybody here in the city um, who was like a, like a hardcore baseball fan. Right. Like, obviously, the, the, the hype around the Royals has died down the last few years because the team has not been very competitive the last two years. But still, like, it, it's a, it, in theory, is a very big accomplishment. In theory. When a guy goes out and beats your franchise, uh, hits record, you know, for you know most consecutive games with the with the hit. When a guy does that, it should be big. But I kind of feel like because this team is not that good, I kind of feel like some of that luster, some of that allure is taken away because I just don't feel like the city is being is able to enjoy it the way that we would have enjoyed it in like 2014, 2015 when the team was winning. Because you watch the games on like FSKC or you go to the games at the stadium and it's like, you know, there's barely anybody there. 
And, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure the TV ratings are still pretty good because it's really convenient to watch baseball on television. But I just don't feel like this is uh, as impactful as it could be because I, the team's not winning right now. I do think it is incredibly impactful, and the reason why is because it was held by who it was held by, right? Yeah, George Brett. Yeah. So the fact that he did come in here, because George Brett is still just such a beloved person mm-hmm. in the city and player and the organization and, and, and everything, um, that I think that since it was him, I do think that's why it was such a – I mean, they were talking about it, you know, I don't know, the – Probably the last was, few games, like the probably the most last handful of games that they were like, okay, Wit, you know, you're approaching this and getting his opinion on it. And I love that he was such a good sport about it. After every game, he would tell the reporters, all right, guys, see you next, you know, see you tomorrow or see you next game. Like, I love that he played around with it. But I think that what I love most about this is he did it with a bunt. Like, I just think that true. he, that was <laughs> dope to me. The fact that he was like, all of these people think I'm going to just come up here and try to smack this ball and get on base. I think that was so cool that he did that. I think One that was intelligent. Exactly. You, you, you know what my theory about that blunt is? <laughs> oh, God. This will be good. I don't think Witt cared if he got that, if he beat that record or not. I think he bunted because he was like, I'm going to score Terrence Gore. If I get on base, so be it. If not, who gives a bleep? Because I think Witt cares. I don't think Witt really cared about that streak as much as we did. I really don't think. If you listen to his comments after he um, – after he went out, I think it, I think it was the night after he tied the record because I was I was producing the game here here over over here in the uh, in the studios, and the first thing he talked about was not the fact that he just tied George Brett's hitting streak. It was, man, we need to be better. We're not as good as we should be. I'm very disappointed in the fact that we're not a better team. We are a better team. We should be better, and we're gonna be better. That was the first thing he said when he came and he talked about this uh, with the media. Down in that take. clubhouse. It's not hot a hot take. take. Right it's not a hot take at all. Like, oh, let's go back and listen to it. He said specifically, yeah, this is this is more about the team. He was talking about the team not winning more than it was about the actual hit streak. And then he got onto it because the media was going to Right, was they're going to take him there anyway. Yeah, they're going to take him there anyways. But So he made it about the performance of the team first and how he was disappointed that, hey, we should be winning and we're not. I really the way, I mean, you don't bunt in that situation <laughs> when it. you're trying to go to to, to – try and continue your hit streak, and you hadn't done up until that point. He went for that bunt because he was like, Terrence Gore, they ain't throwing his ass out. So I'm going to bunt. I'm going to try to get this guy home so we can we can get this game tied up and we can try to see if we can win this game in the next two innings. I don't think his priority in that situation was to try to continue his hit streak. His priority in that situation was getting Gore home. And it just so happened that the third baseman was so far off, so far back, that he was not ready to field the bunt because I don't think anybody expected that to happen. No, they all expected him to be, I'm going to come up here and smash his ball, get on base, and break the record. So I just, I think it's a mixture of both. I think, I mean, the guy has the best attitude. He's the best sport, like you said. Just who he is. He truly looks like he's just out there enjoying every single inning, every single game, whether they're winning, losing, whatever. And I just, I mean, to me, that's admirable to be a professional athlete and still maintain that just pure joy and and, and interest and love for the game. But I really think that he knew. I think he saw them set up for him to be hitting away, and I think that he was like, here we go. I'm about to do this. Yeah, he was drooling at that opportunity. And just to Jillian's point about him enjoying, you know, just whether they're winning, losing, you know, he's just so even keeled. I think a lot of that has to do with with how he came up, right? His his route to the major leagues it was so non-traditional and having to work through the system and 
coming up, getting sent back down, coming up, getting sent back down. You know, you have to have a certain type of personality and a certain, you know, your skin has to be so thick to be able to take something like that and then come out in the end to be as successful as he is. And that's kind of what makes him who he is and, and why he always takes that you know, team first team approach kind of thing. Right, and I think that we're going to see that now more than ever in his attitude now that the streak was broken. So his streak was broken. Yeah. So I think that, you know, he tweeted out a message and he said thanks for, for you know, the, all the support thus far. But, I mean, we're still going to see him loving every game, giving his all, well, you know, for the team first and foremost. But that's his attitude, like you are just saying. Yeah, and you also, you also see, I think you're seeing him kind of transition into more of a, a leadership role, right? Now that they've they've traded away a lot of those legacy, you know, big legacy type players with you know Kane and, and Moose and all those guys, they they need someone in the clubhouse right now because they are so young to kind of take this team by the hand and kind of show them the ropes. And I think he is this that transition leader between where they want to be and where they were, and he's the perfect fit for that. I think uh, I think a lot of pressure has been alleviated from yeah, Merrifield's shoulders. With oh, his yeah. witch, with oh, his yeah. hit streak gone, I think it, I think it has. He was zero for six. That's that that mm-hmm. game that broke his streak. Yeah, you can tell the he, you yeah. can tell he was he's under he was under a lot yeah. of pressure to keep that going, and that's the reason why I don't think it was a situation where he was thinking about the hit streak when he was up there at the plate on Wednesday trying to get Terrence Gore home. He was up there like, how am I going to get Terrence Gore home? And he just found a, the the best opportunity. And if he got thrown out, he got thrown out. But I don't think he really was looking at it like. Yeah, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna try to keep keep this streak going. I don't think he was thinking about that at, that at one bit. I think he was thinking about how am I gonna get Terrence Gore home because of that leadership, because he is that guy. I think that be, because he he is who he is and he's a team first guy. That's the reason why I don't think that streak was that important to him. It was nice to get the card that he's gonna laminate from from George Brett. That's like, yeah, congratulations on breaking my streak. That's it's nice to get that, but I think he'd much rather go out there and be able to get a win for his team more so than continue the streak that's just gonna put more pressure on him day after day. Nice to get that card. I think as any athlete, if George Brett is gonna acknowledge you and 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 your accomplishment, that's huge. So. From the 573, he was definitely caring about the streak. He felt like it was his best chance for a hit. I'm with you. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I'm Wit's with not you. a he's not a regular bunter, though. I, he did. I, but I think he's he smart does enough care. to understand smart, the game right in I that moment. Yes. I think getting the run home was more important than getting on base for him. Agreed, but I think I it was a win win. He saw the opportunity. He saw the infield back on their heels. He saw them expecting him to be swinging away. And he said, Okay, I'm going to get all y'all and I'm going to bring my boy in. <laughs> Bam. Streak broken. Boom. Drop the mic. Drop the bat. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're turning the table over to sporting. More overtime with Jillian and Chris when we return. For a live and local Saturday right here at 610 Sports Radio. We're in the Brown and Crouppen studios. We got Chris. We got Julio. Soon to be joined by an in-studio guest here in a little bit. But first, we have some Sporting Kansas City news to be talking about. The boys in blue. The other boys in blue. Yeah, you're right. The other boys in blue. Because there's two teams here. Uh, rough match. Rough couple match. Rough couple match. Rough week. <laughs> it was a tough one. It was a tough one. Um <laughs> Went down to Monterey and... Uh, got your ass beat. Got spanked. <laughs> they got spanked. And then you went to Cincy and, and understandably got a, got a draw. FC I mean, Cincinnati, it, so first, you know, expansion team. 
did pretty well, I think, creating a, a, a quality squad. Mm-hmm. Um, Which we see in, in the MLS today is like it's not that more. hard to build a contending team. Because right. you look at Atlanta, you look at LAFC. So it's not too hard because you just you just have money. You have the entire world yeah, to draw from. You just have money. You just once if you've got a lot of money, you not can like build a team that can, can compete. Yeah. Right, but as we all know, it is not easy to it's not always easy to draw quality players to the United States to play in MLS. However, we're getting there. We've made strides, I mm-hmm. would say over the past 2 to 3 years, 5 mm-hmm. maybe, probably 2 to 3 really. Um anyway, Sporting Kansas City tough time with Monterey. Tough time with Cincinnati. And then they um, welcome Monterey to Children's Mercy Park. Really and they, welcomed they, them, didn't and they? And they got their ass beat just a little less worse than what they did a week a week before. No, when no, they no. Much, them. much less. My, I mean, much, it, was, much, it was still oh, an ass whooping. You lose by three goals. That's still an ass whooping. It was just a little less of a couple in the back of the net. Right? At least you got some hits in. Like, you got your ass whooped, but you got a couple hits in. Well, moral I, victories. You I know. think. Yeah, it was a more. It, it was. It was a moral victory. It's like, hey, we 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 didn't lose as bad as we did a week ago. I don't know if we can go with any type of victory. I don't know. Yeah. About that. No, you're, that's a stretch. <laughs> right about that. It's a ten that to two was, aggregate. I will say it was a great Ugh. episode of the Jer Show. I thought Jerso did very well. Was it was clever. exciting to watch him. I don't think she uh, made that up. I think that was something that people have used before. No, we started. That's that started in 2017. The exactly. Jer Show. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, she didn't. But make thank that. you for that. Credit, but okay. she didn't make that up. That's not the first time. I've heard that. I clearly did make it up in 2017. I don't think you did. Okay, I didn't. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, he came to play. She came off that quick. <laughs> he, he came to play, and it was exciting to watch him. He, You know, he slowly, to me, is getting back to his normal self. I think in 2018, we didn't really see uh, much from him. Um, but anyway, just in general, sporting's gone through it, man. They are having a tough time. So... Peter Vermees, we know one of the most competitive people and, um, you know, just professional managers. He came out and said, without hesitation, the the most disappointing loss ever in his in his career was that that loss in Monterey. And that was was it seven, 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 one. Oh, the, the in Montreal. No, the first game was five nothing. Five one. Where where am I? Did they score in Monterey? No, no, they, they didn't. Score they, didn't. They, didn't. they scored two here at, at Children's Mercy Park uh, in the second game. But oh man, that was um, just a tough time. Just it was not, uh, not typical at all. Obviously, they knew that going into Concacaf, getting as far as they did, farthest that MLS has gone. Um, but hey, they got they went through it, man. Well, the, the sad the sad part about about this last match was right when they played Cincinnati. They they put the B C team almost yeah. against Cincinnati. So mm-hmm. they were one, they were lucky to come out with a draw on that one. Mm-hmm. Um I think they earned that though. They fought for the that. second no, they, half they, they did, did, but they that did. first half was terrible. Yeah, right. But but they did earn it. They did earn it again. You you put your B B squad out there against their A squad and you still came up with a draw on the road. That's a victory for me. But that does not help that second game against Monterey and the fact that they rested their starters and still got spanked. Five two, like that's not. It's just not a good show. No, it this was uh, this was a wake up call for the MLS. I think we're still not there because when you look yeah. at like me and Jillian had this discussion. It was off air a few months ago about like where the MLS ranks in the in the the world slate of all the different leagues. And I thought they were probably seven or eight. <laughs> I think they're number ten now <laughs> at the very highest as far as the world like the league rankings because. The MLS didn't. I mean, the, the sporting was the representative for the MLS at the very end for for them, 
And they're, the difference between them and Monterey was eight goals. And it was that was the difference. And it was so much more eight than goals. the goal. But like it was also just, I mean, sporting looked like they looked like a U5 team out there with true professionals. And I was shocked. I've never seen that from sporting before. They have always been competitive. They have always, you know, been able to execute their game plan. Maybe not as 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 dangerously as they have against other opponents. But, man, I just didn't even recognize them out there. They It looked like if the Kansas City Royals were to play the Kansas City T-Bones in baseball. Yes. Like, I think that's a good comparison. I think, if, I think if those two teams play base, like let's say the, the T-Bones, like like the T-Bones manager issued a challenge to Ned in like spring <laughs> training and Ned was like, bleep it, we'll, we'll play you. And then they go to the K. Like I think this is what it, it'd be like 20 to 2, you know, like which would be like the equivalent to, you know, losing 5 nothing on the road or losing 5-2 at home. It would be the equivalent to this. Like this was embarrassing for sporting. And – it was a situation where sporting was looking I mean, they were performing really well in Coming the in the Champions that. League. Yeah. You I mean, you certainly you you went out there against Toluca against a team that we looked at and were like, Man, they're gonna have some trouble with Toluca. Right. And they they handled Toluca. They were slapping them all over the field, not only here in Kansas City, but also down there in Mexico. And so you're like, Okay, a little confidence here. Mm-hmm. Then they go and face Independiente. Independiente, a team that I think it was last year. I think it was last year they embarrassed Toronto FC. I mean, they just slapped them all over the all over the field, and so yeah, it was it was a tough situation for them. They had to come from behind, playing in the uh, in you know at Sporting. I mean, at Children's Mercy Park, and they got the win, and they got enough to advance. This should have been a game where, yeah, okay. This built some conf- they got some confidence built up now. This is where they really show what they've been doing all offseason. This is where they show what they've been doing all the last few years, building this team up, and all of that just to see them get destroyed by Monterey in two straight games. And destroyed is truly yes. the word. It was and not they did not lose to Monterey. No. They got destroyed yeah, yeah. by Monterey. They I, got obliterated by Monterey. They were owned mentally. They were physically outplayed. They were I don't know about I mean, it was just they were obliterated. And it every, was rough. every insecurity that I voiced to to Julio off air when we were doing our first show about eh, I don't really like this, like the style they're playing. Like when we were we were watching like the uh, the CCL games, like the first two teams that they had, they had played, Independiente and Toluca. Every insecurity I voiced about it came to life <laughs> in this in this series against Monterey. They found a way to overcome those issues in the first two matchups. This time. It was everything that I thought could happen did happen, and that's a problem. All that, all that being said, you know what? There's some positivity that we can take from this, and the fact that look, Monterey's they are a world class club. They are, they are head. You know, their sporting is not on their level. That's they that's clear. Not at all. They are a world class team, sure right? Did. And they made it to the semifinals of the Concacaf Champions League. Like that's that's a big deal, and that's a that's a, a pretty decent step for for the MLS as far as moving forward with being competitive with the rest of the world. So while yes, they did get destroyed, I, I think there's some there's again we're, we're going to go back to this whole moral victory. There's thing, no moral victory. But no. there is <laughs> they don't exist there in is, soccer. There is a silver lining sport. to to this. Okay, so I'm with you on that because the next question we were going to you know kind of throw out here is is going to affect Sporting Kansas City in the future, and I think. It absolutely will, and I think what it's going to do is just 
piss them off. I think they were embarrassed. I think it yes. was a slap in the face. I think it was a wake-up call. And I think that knowing Peter Vermees, how he runs his operation there, and knowing those guys, you know, knowing, you know, there's many international players that are really proud to be on this team. I think that they were all embarrassed about how they showed. And I think that if anything, that this is going to be like a fire under their ass and they are going to just bring it and they are going to get their stuff together and they are going to hold himself back no i I was was about to hit that dump button there (laughs) hey listen i got it no but i really think that this will um just be i think they're never going to forget that game like ever and i think that they're always going to remember that and when they play they are going to play to ensure that that never happens again and frankly i think the the one that hurts the most was the one at children's mercy park because it was competitive it was competitive at halftime and then the second half you just got your ass whooped for just yeah 45 minutes plus it was pretty embarrassing. So I think rough. I think there'll be a little bit of a hang up, a little bit of hangover early on. But I think uh, I think you know a couple weeks from now, I think they'll dust themselves off, they'll quit moping around, and they'll they'll get their bleep together. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Best of luck to them. They host New York Red Bull tomorrow at Children's Mercy Park. Hopefully, you guys can tune in for that one. Uh, coming up next, we are joined by a one Travis Carroll, huge. Hugely talented kid, uh, photographer in Kansas City, homegrown. We got a lot to share about him. Don't get anywhere. Overtime with Jillian and Chris. And we are back in live and local Saturday here at 610 Sports Radio, doing our best to showcase all of what Kansas City has to offer. That includes more than just sports. And I am especially geek today to welcome in our in-studio guest Travis Carroll my baby brother is in studio with us how you doing bro man so good how are you guys good really excited you're here and um and talking to Chris and Julio before the week I was like guys we have to have my brother on if we are talking anything about arts or music or anything downtown West Bottom like we have to have this kid on because Mm -hmm. he is just all over um so the credential list, like, it's so long, I don't have it all. But Travis, you know, born and raised here, went to high school here, uh, graduated from the Kansas City Art Institute mm-hmm. with a major in photography. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, worked with an incredibly uh, prevalent commercial production studio here in Kansas City for your internship. Went over to St. Louis, got some work experience there, some real-life work experience, came back home, and now you're crushing it here. Your mm-hmm. own studio um, but also doing a lot of work with 8183 Studio mm-hmm. as well. Um, but, I mean, talk about some of, I don't, I don't even know them all, honestly, but some of the big names you've worked with. You've done some really big jobs in Kansas City and outside as well. What are right. some of those? Yeah, so uh, we've been pretty lucky enough to work on some projects for brands like uh, AMC Movie Theaters, um, Bose, uh, Boulevard, oh, man, uh, Frito-Lay, you, you, Pepsi, I, I could go on, <laughs> Cadillac, Mini Cooper. Um, we've we've been really lucky to have a really neat client list that provides us with a lot of work, and they trust us to kind of deliver, and we have. So, yeah. I, you know, there's there's a lot. If you can think of it, there's a good chance we've done the work for them. Right. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I read on your website, and you talked about how you failed two photography classes. Yeah. <laughs> and then... After this failure of two photography classes, most people, when they fail something twice, they're like, eh, maybe I'm not good at this, so, you know, bleep it. But you kept pushing. You kept trying. What was it that got you to keep doing this, even though you had that initial taste of failure? <laughs> um, that That's actually 
That's a really great story. Uh, I had a, a teacher in high school who she kind of fulfilled her legal obligation. She had to fail me because I wasn't following the curriculum. Mm-hmm. But she kind of gave me a, you know, off off the cuff type of curriculum. She said, hey, look, I have to fail you. However, I need you to do this. So she kind of let me do whatever I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And it was her with a combination of my mom that suggested that I pursue this as kind of a career for college. And uh, <laughs> it's it's just so funny because, yeah, I failed the hell out of those classes. And um, that sounds like me in college. Yeah, it was bad. But I had just a couple of mentors and teachers who really told me that I was good at something. And I had no reason not to believe them. So I just kind of kept going and going. And it kind of snowballed into <laughs> whatever this is that I'm doing now. Um, but it's cool. You know, failure is like one of my favorite things to do. So it's... I have to push the limit and see where it goes bad, and that's where I can kind of dial it back and float in that region. So I, I, I hope that answers your question. I'm not really. It's actually sure. pretty funny because <laughs> most people, when they taste failure, they're like, eh, "I don't really want to taste that anymore." So oh, I'm going to yeah. do something else. Yeah, they get scared and they go. Exactly. Elsewhere. So it's yeah. actually it's it's actually uh, refreshing when someone tastes failure and is like, "Yeah, I want more of that. Absolutely. I just want the better of the two tastes." Yeah, so I, I like that. No, yeah. I love it. And obviously, I'm big sister, so I'm extra like uber proud or whatever. <laughs> but the fact that this kid, I mean, this kid is so wildly talented, and he experienced that. Um, the fact that you kept going is admirable. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and just ooey gooey over you. But what I do think you, you are special is you represent this movement right now in the city, in Kansas City, specifically the arts world, the arts industry, yeah. where artists are collabing. They're like working together. They're coming together for greater good and producing and, and creating together. I know you do a podcast. Yeah. I know you bring p- kids and, and other photogs into your studio all the time. Tell me about, like, where did that come from? Like, how did that movement start? Is that just Kansas City culture? Or, like, why is that happening? I think that there there's a couple of answers for that. I think, one, I think it is part of just a Kansas City vibe. And everybody is very friendly here. And a lot of people come here from everywhere else. So there's the few of us who were born here and bred here. And then there's a whole bunch of the influences coming from all over the country and sometimes all over the world that are bringing different perspectives to the things that we're doing every day. So it's really interesting that, we kind of have to flex and be excited about the new energy that's coming in and we have to adapt to it. So being adaptive is one of the most important things that I've experienced in my career and in my life, really, um, that has really just opened the door for all of this collaboration and all of this kind of mix and mingling. Um, It's kind of funny (laughs) because I just had this conversation with a few people yesterday. The advertisement industry is pretty much all I can really speak about because that's where I hang out most of the time. So right now, there's a lot of people making some very substantial changes, and everybody's kind of overlapping and meshing together and creating a whole lot of really great stuff. I don't know where that's coming from, but it's very, very exciting. And the fact that we're located here in the center of the country is one of the greatest things ever, because not only do people come in to us from all over the place, we can go anywhere very quickly. And... I don't I, I don't know how else to, it, it's it's just really exciting and it's there's a lot of really good energy here and it keeps getting better which I didn't think was possible. Yeah, but, well I, and the talent here is crazy. Oh man, it's massive. It's and massive. I know that you've worked with, you know, a guy that if you're in Kansas City, you know the name Paul Versailles or I always say it Versailles, I say it wrong. It's Versailles. Yeah, Versailles, my guy. But when you look at it, it looks like that. <laughs> she was way um, off. Yeah, wow. No, but when you look at it, I promise it looks like that. <laughs> uh, if you're if you've seen any like 
wedding photography or anything. Yeah, I mean, sure. you've seen this guy's work. I know he's been a big mentor to you. You guys travel all the time together. Yeah, that's my guy, um, man. He's, he's incredibly talented. So how has mentors like Paul and others um, just cultivated just growth for you? And then, therefore, you're giving it back to others. So how is that movement just led by people like him? It, it's kind of hard to say because all the people who have highly influenced me and kind of led me on my path seem to have had someone who did it for them. So it's kind of like all we're doing is paying back for what has been done for us, you know? So it's kind of one of those, I, I love it because the best thing that I've ever heard from all of my mentors uh, who don't know each other, which is really great, is that you need to be better than me so that I can learn something from you. You know what I mean? So that's like, that's that. That's really neat. And being young and willing and kind of specifically designing my career path with no ties makes me a very valuable asset to just about anybody or anything. Um, extremely flexible and moldable to where I can do whatever it is that I do, but then I can project that onto others and kind of set a vibe or a tone that allows for people who are kind of looking at me and what I want to do to show them that it's insanely possible. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I hope so. <laughs> what do you feel like has been the most satisfying accomplishment for you in your uh, oh, career? Dude. You know, okay, that's that's really... I'm, that's and a, it's a tough question, a I know, because you've got I, so many things you got, you're working on. I have an answer, and um, it's satisfying, and it also scares me very, very much because I reached my all-time goal last year. And I didn't know what to do. The only goal that I ever set for myself was I wanted to have my own studio and I wanted to work on national advertising campaigns. I've been doing that for the last few years. It's, so now we're working on global advertising campaigns. Right. Oh, I, yeah. I don't <laughs> know guy, what to do. All we can do is just keep doing better and better. Is there like a fear that it's like the level of success has happened so quickly that you're going to be like, uh, the satisfaction is going to plateau, if sure. you will? Of course. That's always a fear. And that's kind of the driving force. Is that how the hell am I going to outdo myself? How am I going to outdo the other people who are doing what I want to do? Or how am I going to get next to them and do it with them? It, it's, it's wild. But like the greatest thing about this whole industry is that there is no end. We'll never reach a finish line because there isn't one. Mm -hmm. So we'll be working until the day we're dead. And it, that's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I love that. That's like it's very very exciting. Very good job security. I know yeah, exactly. You know what I mean. Like yeah. that's, it's, it's as long beautiful. as you continue to love it, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very easy not to. Mm -hmm. You know, you can only shoot so many teddy bears and chocolate before it's like, oh <laughs> goodness. Is that a Russell Stover's uh, nod there? Actually, you absolutely. Did. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big client. You spend so, six months. Yeah. If you're listening and uh, you hear Travis Carroll here, his studio's in the West Bottoms. Mm -hmm. Um, you do a lot of, I mean, everything, but your work is around the city. Uh, last time I think I saw it was in the marketplace, right? Kansas City Marketplace. What is that? On uh, on the plaza. What's the store in there? Casey Marketplace. Oh, the Made in Casey shop? Made in Casey. Yeah, Thank for you. Sure. Absolutely. Um, you can see it there. You can see his work. Like we said, Russell Stover's. I mean, the list goes on. I know that I was ridiculously proud to drive by <laughs> a billboard that Travis shot a photo for uh, off of yeah. 71 Highway. Which one? Uh, <laughs> there's so there's been quite a few. <laughs> and that was, that was a flex right there. Yeah, like, which to, which okay. one did you see? <laughs> well, his work is everywhere. Um, I encourage you to check him out. His website is? It's uh, caroltravis.com. And then, obviously, your stuff is on your Instagram. What is mm -hmm. that? It's uh, Travis Carol 2.1. 2.1 because his original got hacked, sure which did. I felt bad about. Yeah. Wow. Um, check out his work. I'm telling you, uh, he's a great representation of what is Kansas City right now. Just this vibe of growth and being creative and um, 
Your podcast is what? I'm just yeah. plugging all of it right now. <laughs> yeah, we have a, a <laughs> podcast, me, my, myself, and another Travis, very good friend of mine, who actually works for kind of a competing photo studio, which I love. Yeah. Uh, it's the Travis Travis Podcast. It's just a couple of dudes named Travis, and we talk about creatives, about industry, life, and passion. That's a, that's a great podcast description, a couple dudes named Travis. That's couple pretty much it. Travis. That's it. <laughs> Uh, Well, we are so grateful that you were able to come in today. Uh, Travis Carroll, best described as a walking energy drink. (laughs) It's true. If you've got to know him, if you've got to work with him, he's the best. Incredibly talented and just a really good representation of Kansas City. So thank you so much for joining us. Dude, yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. More from Overtime with Jillian and Chris when we come back. Back in here on Overtime. Christian Ocero, Jillian Carroll here on 610 Sports Radio and the Radio.com Sports app. Jillian Carroll just came back into the studio Listen. after uh, we had her brother, Travis Carroll, on. He was I, a great, great guest. Great first guest on the sequel to Jillian Carroll and Uno Cero. Um, very interesting stuff. His very interesting website. Really, really <laughs> cool website. That's, that's the first thing I noticed is like, he's got, he's got a really cool website. Like, that's how you know, like, somebody, like, is, yeah. like, doing big things in that world. It's like, they got, like, I think one of the most important things for, like, any kind of business is having, like, a really cool website. Well, today you have to. Yeah, you got to have, have a cool website. You have to have a digital representation of yeah. your brand. Yeah, you know? and so, like, that's, I was like, he's got that check. <laughs> no, he's just a, I mean, obviously I'm his big sister, but. Um, yeah. He, I know, but he really is just uh, so well known. You know, First Fridays, talk about all the galleries down there, everything that's going on. He's just a big influence there, and as humble as he is, you know, he, I, I think he's the best, obviously, but he's just a good representation of, of what we were talking about, just kind of the culture right now in Kansas City, and the arts especially, and all the creatives, and uh, look, I, I come from, like, I'm obviously in TV, right, so people are cutthroat, and people will step all over you and oh, break yeah. you down to get ahead in a second. Radio's like that too. It can be. It can be. But it's not as cutthroat. It's you know, and and and, and there are many corporate jobs that are that way. You know, get, push somebody down to get ahead in a second. But I'm telling you, this Kansas City creatives, they are doing something right because they are empowering each other and lifting each other up. And um, it's just, I think it makes Kansas City special and unique. And I think um, it's worth celebrating. So that's what we're doing, right? Live and local. Let's get the Julio's limits. <laughs> <laughs> You're late on that cue, Julio. Uh, a, a little bit. He yeah. thought I was going to keep going with A couple that. things, yeah. She kind of caught me off guard there. All right, my bad. I'm over it. My brother's got him over it. I'm sorry. Hey, just, to be fair, I think he exemplifies exactly what we're looking for with this show. Going local. Great contribution, Julio. You're, you're welcome. I do what I can. All right, so I want to start I want to start this one off with, with something off topic. It's not a, a true sports story at all. Nothing to do with sports. But it is, uh, it's pretty funny. According to Gray News... Benny Van, 25, and Lisa Smith, 46, were entering the store with Smith's dog, Bo. She allegedly brought the dog in without a leash, and the dog began running around the store. While the dog ran around the store, Smith allegedly was tearing apart displays and was asked by Walmart staff to leave. She complied, but then went out into the parking lot to perform karate. (laughs) While she was doing that, while she was doing that, Van allegedly took off all his clothes and exposed himself to other shoppers. However, police said he was trying to cover himself by putting on clothes that were on the display. Officers arrived at the scene and arrested Smith, but not before she had allegedly fought officers by kicking the windows of the patrol car. Police said they attempted to arrest Van as well, 
but didn't comply, even going as far as trying to run over an officer while riding a scooter. <laughs> Police eventually arrested Van as well. Meanwhile, Bo, the dog, was found holding a box of Jiffy cornbread in his mouth. Van has been charged with lewd and lascivious uh, behavior, disorderly conduct, uh, conduct, and retail theft. Smith was charged with disorderly contact, uh, conduct, resisting arrest, and misdemeanor bail jumping. First of all, Julio. First of all, Julio. Where did you find Shorter it? story. Second, did you make that up? I know. Did you make that up? That sounds like something that you would make up. For, that, that does oh, not sound like a real story. Does, does that not sound like a real Walmart store or story? I okay, mean, part so of it does. When you, when you highlight the setting being Walmart, you have to open the door to anything could happen. The karate <laughs> sounds like Walmart. Yeah. I agree with that. That sounds like that sounds like something that would happen at Walmart. It was like all these details mixed in where, like, that story's all over the place. It's hard for me to to believe that every one of those things happened at the same time, like in like concurrent in succession in the same instance. It sounds like ten Walmart stories put together into one. Look, the best part of that was the uh, the dog being found with a box of Jiffy. No, the, the best part was the karate in the parking lot. That to me is the most interesting part about that story. What's next? There was a lot going on there. I don't have it. I don't have one. Point. <laughs> Jilly wasn't paying attention. She was still gushing over the, uh, the her brother and I'm a proud Dusty Likin sent out a nice tweet about the show. He must not have been listening earlier. That's all. I have. So, so he was. He was. He was. She sent out a nice tweet and she was like, "Yeah, no, great he was story." Saying they almost got her to cuss, but never mind. Anyway, moving on. Julio. Moving on. Quit stealing uh, his Mads and comments here. in the playoffs. Your thoughts, please. Say it again. Mavs and Comets in the playoffs. Kansas City, absolutely. Two teams that have gone through. So Comets, strong the whole time. Strong tradition of excellence. They've been successful. Uh, Mavs were were up and down this season quite a bit. They played um, the Allen Americans like 50 times. 50 it's times like in Every a row. time we talked about them, or gave they tickets. were playing or gave away tickets. They were playing the Allen Americans. So, I mean, No, man. but they at one point were like 9-0 and at home. Like they were on hot streak, right? And then they were like 0-0. Oh I don't even know, maybe maybe nine on the road. So Ooh. it was tough, but they came through, and so they're in the playoffs. That's so. very Royals-esque. That is very. <laughs> well, the Royals don't win at home right now. Or on the road. <laughs> they don't win any. Not yet. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on from that. Uh, should we care? Well, let's go Magic Johnson. Let's do that. Magic quits on the Lakers. Uh, this is kind of like breaking up with your with you on Facebook. Hold on, we have a we have a clip to play for Magic Johnson about Uh-oh. about being free. Okay. She doesn't know I'm standing here because I know I would be crying like a, a baby <laughs> in front of her, even though I'm about to cry now. But it's the right thing to do, right move to make, and then that way he can stay in place, build, hopefully build the team, coach the team the right way. This was uh, this was very much like th- this reminded me of. Like, if you're, like, not really, like, a, a real strong, like, tough person. And so, like. You call him you, soft? Yeah, he's soft. Uh, and so, instead of, not like, going to. Yeah, he is. He's <laughs> soft. Crazy talk. He's does soft. He, but does he he's drink soft. Bacardi? This was soft. Does he drink Bacardi, though? Is he? <laughs> I, he does not look like a Bacardi. He probably does drink Bacardi. <laughs> this was soft. He's whiskey. He did the, not, he's, he's he did not want to break up with. Guy. He did not want to break up with Jeannie Buss to her face. He didn't even send her a text. He didn't even call her. He but did he a felt press that conference. Bad about it. He felt he, that bad. This about is it. like if if I had a girlfriend and I break up with her on like if you Julio you you got a girlfriend 
If you broke up with your girlfriend on Facebook, you didn't text her, you didn't call her, you didn't tell her in person, you didn't go out to dinner and break up with her at the end of the night, she throws the water in your face. Like, <laughs> she, Possible. you just, you just like, you just like, yeah, we're done. You just send her like a Facebook messenger, we're done. And then you just like block her. Uh, That's yeah. what this was like. It's childish. It was spineless. Be a man, stand up and say, this is what's happening. It's not a hard, yeah. it's not a, it's not a hard decision for me to make, but I'm making it. I made it. Boom. There it is. Send her a text at least. I mean, be like, yeah, we're through. I'm done. No, that's like I'm telling all down. of her friends that you're breaking up with her, but not actually yeah, telling yeah, yeah. her. That's more. <laughs> and it's all like. your friends and all her. Right. Yeah, Everyone yeah. else knows, but her. This was coward. This was this it was, was you know fine. drinking Bacardi level <laughs> right here. This was drinking Bacardi level. That's that's what happened. This was you... uh, this was drinking Kahlua level. We're we're gonna move on. From right. We just <laughs> right, can't leave that because, alone. Thank you. U.S. Women's National Team. Bam. The road okay. to France. Two months until the World Cup. Speed Australia five to three. Belgium 6 nothing. What's going on? They are crushing it. They had a bit of a lull. They had an undefeated 2018 where they literally won every single match. Mm-hmm. Uh, early in 2019, whoa, what what game did they lose? Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I don't know this right now. Uh, it, was, um, it was in the She Believes Cup. Uh, and, she Believes uh, Cup, and it was Australia. It was Australia. Australia. Yeah. It was a 2-1, so, I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good match, but they lost. And we talked about it on our mm-hmm. Thursday night show, how we believed that it was going to be you know, helpful back in the end, obviously. But now they're crushing it. They're looking strong. The roster is deep. Uh, they had, I want to say, four goal scorers that match against um, Australia? No, that's who they Belgium. lost to. Belgium, thank you. Um, looking really good. People are looking really strong coming back from injury. Um, looking like a very well-organized, well-coached team. And I'm thrilled. <laughs> Just got my uh, flight information for my trip to France. Yeah, because she's, she's stunting on us because she's going to be in France. <laughs> she's going to leave us. Uh, and not in here doing the show. Listen, yeah. I will call in. You know I'm dedicated. I drive from Wichita oh, no, every we weekend. I will call in. You don't drive from Wichita. You drive from Wyoming. Why do you say Wyoming? Because <laughs> it's a very remote state. And uh, it's very far away. You drive from Yellowstone National Park here. Yes. Or, or back when we did Jillian Carol Unocero, you did it via remote from Yellowstone National Park. We could hear Old Faithful erupting in the background <laughs> when you were rest. doing the show. Back By the way, it was, oh, it was France that they lost It was to. France who they lost to? Okay. 3-1. 3-1. Oof. This year? This year. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Who is a, compet- a good contender? Yeah, France good is going to have a strong team, and they're going to be the home team. Yeah. And we saw the men do very well. When that was the case for them, I mean, hell, um, we saw we saw Russia go out there and make it to the knockout <laughs> stage. They had Germany in their, momentum, in their man, group and they made team. it to the knockout stage. Oh, Russia was like the lowest ranked team in the tournament, I think. But our team wasn't even there, so yeah, we should have made it there. Wah. Stop bringing that up. <laughs> brings up terrible memories. All right. Thank you, Julio, for your hits. That was excellent. When we come back, we're wrapping things up and heading into the Royals game. Cody Tapple got got some stuff for you. Don't go anywhere. More overtime coming up next. Back in the studio for another live and, well, for the first ever live and local Saturday here on 610 Sports Radio. It's overtime with Jillian and Chris. Of course, Julio is with us as well. And before we send it over to our dude, Cody Tapp, out at Kaufman ahead of the game tonight, we are talking one last segment about the Royals, uh, specifically Chris Davis getting booed for the lack of performance, even though he's one of the highest paid players. Mm-hmm. So, and, and then you have, you know, our local, obviously, Chris Davis, with Baltimore Orioles. But 
I was, you know, really thinking about this. And, you know, you he I think he just broke that streak today where he was I think he just yeah, he, he got a two run RBI today? today. Okay. And so I was thinking about this in relation to Alex Gordon. Because Alex <laughs> Gordon is our Chris Davis. He's not as bad as what Chris Davis he was has been. Chris Davis. But yeah, he, this he year this year he's actually hitting like yeah. three hundred. But like the last two years, he's been our Chris Davis. And so well, not even the last two, last three. Because the last three years, ever since he got paid, ever since he got that big contract from the Royals, there's been questions about whether or not he's he's uh, worth that much. And I think most people would agree that he hasn't been worth that much. So the question becomes, how much should we care about a guy who is making a ton of money but isn't performing when the team isn't good? I think people just tend to look for something to complain about yeah. when the team isn't doing well. So then they just go to this guy. We're giving you X amount of dollars. Why is the team still losing? I don't think it's going to be one guy's business mm-hmm. if the team is winning or losing. Yeah, because like I looked at this whole Chris Davis situation and the fans are booing him and they're saying all kinds of terrible things on radio shows and on Twitter and the Internet and whatnot. And, <laughs> and look, I understand frustration. They lost 115 games last year. Why should I care? Like, the Royals lost 104 games last year, and Alex Smith was awful at the plate. He was awful. He was floating around the Mendoza line for most of the year. And <laughs> and my question was, why does it matter if he's getting paid an average of $18 million a year if the team sucks anyways? Like, I can understand in 2016 when the team was trying to compete to make the playoffs. Okay. I can understand in 2017 when the team was trying to compete and make the playoffs. In 2018... Wasn't no damn playoffs in sight for that team. So what are we so angry about because he's getting paid so much money when, A, I think most fans understood that that was going to be a bad contract at, at some point anyways. Maybe you get a year or two of the Alex Gordon that we know and love playing in left field since he came back from being sent down in the minors. Like, I think we all thought, yeah, okay, you know, that's fine. It's okay, maybe he'll get back to it. Uh, last year, though, with the team losing, the team not being competitive, why do we care so much about what he's making when we already know one player ain't enough to to change the fortunes of a team? So, But fans will go that route. I know they will. And fans will say, you're spending so much money on him, he's doing nothing. Take the money and go buy so-and-so because he'll come fix the problem. He'll solve the solution. Like, yeah, because spending this, the $14 million <laughs> per year on average – that they're spending on Ian Kennedy is going to change the fortunes of this team. It could. He's not even in the starting (laughs) rotation right now. So it's just, that's the thing that's really been so confusing to me is just, why do we care so much about what these people are making when we look at the situation for uh, all these guys? And yeah, you know, they're, you know, Alex Gordon's making a lot of money. Yeah, he's not making, you know, he's not performing at the level that a guy that would be paid as much as he is being paid should be performing at. But you know what? That's life. That's You're going to have to deal with bad contracts sometimes, especially when you're in a situation like the Royals and you thought, hey, we keep Alex Gordon. Hey, we could win another one in 2016 and maybe another one in 2017, and then we'll see what happens when these guys leave. Obviously, that didn't happen. They didn't make the playoffs after they won the World Series. But it was understanding that, hey, we, we could still do it a couple more times. But now that the team is bad, why do we care so much about <laughs> how much this guy's making? Like, People are just looking for something to complain about. Yeah, like I just kind of feel like I can understand if this, if like, let's say that, you know, like what we said about like uh, Alex Smith. Alex Smith deserved every amount of criticism he got because he was taking up a hell of a lot of that cap space for the Chiefs. 
and he wasn't performing at a level of someone that should take up that much damn cap space. I mean, Justin Houston, we complained about that because he was limping his ass on the field every time because he was always getting hurt after he got that big contract. I don't think that's a fair comparison. No, that is very much a fair comparison. That is a thousand percent comparison. Yeah, you can. You know. Yeah, you can. Absolutely not. They didn't get the job done. They didn't do enough for what they were getting paid. But look at the jobs that they had. Look at the responsibility level and the pressure. I would say say it was more so for Alex. I would say comparing. I would say, well, they're both Alex. I would say it was more so for for Alex Smith. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because Alex Smith was getting paid like around $20 million, and he wasn't playing like a $20 million quarterback. He was playing like a $4 million quarterback. He'd get you, he'd get you, and you I don't know. even necessarily agree with that. He he studied the franchise. He's exactly what this franchise needed. I, at that I time. disagree. Prior they need a quarterback that can win them a Super Bowl. That's what they needed. They didn't need it. Well, like, he, he groomed the one that's about to do that. So that, that's like that's like after you get out of a bad relationship. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get me a girlfriend that I, I have no intention of marrying. I have no intention of being long term with. I'm gonna just be with her for a few months and then I'm gonna dump her ass and find the one that I really want to marry. That sounds, doesn't make any sense. Sounds to me. about right to me. That doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. No, I'm not. I'm not here for the Story stop game. Don't hate the player. <laughs> hate the game. Come oh, on, Chris. Oh, we, <laughs> look like we just uh, we just jumped into Some real uh, insight. Into we just pers- jumped into Jillian Carroll's personal uh, side. Of Jillian personal Carroll. Side right. Don't bash Are you my style. Don't bash you my style. She out, okay? here just, she out here just throwing guys by the wayside? Oh, yeah. Use and abuse. I, I, I've had you for three months now. I'm bored. Listen. I'm going to move on to the next one. You got Come on now. You're not st- going to stick around. I'm going to drop it oh, like man. that. <laughs> that, is, that is awful. To be fair with the Chris Davis thing, look, you're paying that guy a lot of money, which means you're, you're, bas- you're obligated basically to, to play him, which means – not only is it a waste of money, then you're taking up you're taking up swings from from potential, mm-hmm. you know, guys coming mm-hmm. up from the minor leagues. There's just what what good is playing? It's just it's very frustrating. And if I was an Orioles fan, I would be pissed too. Would you be booing him like they were? I mean, the whole team sucks. I was gonna say I don't the know. The whole if it's, team sucks. But then that's like the kitchen sinking, right? Like they're literally just blaming this guy because he makes the most. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, like the whole team sucks. I feel like it should have been at one point though. Like it, at a certain point, it becomes comical. That, that, that he can't get a hit to the point where you're actually rooting for him not to get a hit oh, so that he can break the streak. That's so bad, though. That's, that's the way so I approach it. What was the streak anyways of, like, consecutive games without a hit? Oh, a lot. I don't know. See, this, this is one of the reasons why, like, when I talked about earlier about which streak, is like, I don't think it was, like, super impactful long term. I didn't, like, I knew Mike Sweeney had, like, a, a hit streak of 25 straight. I didn't know when he did it. I had to look it up earlier. It was 99. Okay. It was, like... It was like, if the team's losing, it's not that impactful. These streaks like this aren't, like, super huge, you know? Like, it's like the streaks that happen when you're winning. The great thing, the great accomplishments you do when you're winning that matter the most. Like, right, yeah, it's but not, when like, your yeah, franchise is what it is and they're losing, then people aren't thinking that way. Yeah, they're I just don't feel like it was, I don't feel like it was that in, in, in super impact. It was nice. It was cool. It was, it was a positive spin on what is likely going to be a very negative season. But you know what? It didn't, it, I, don't, I, I think, like, if we did, like, Let's say 15 years from now, Cody's doing uh, uh, Game 6 trivia. And he asked, like, the new money fans when the team's good again, um, you know, what? <laughs> who had the longest hitting streak in Royals history? They're going to say I don't George think I, I don't think whoever's answering that is going to get it right. They're going to say George Brett. Yeah. They might. They might. But who knows? We are about to throw it over to Cody Tapp, who is at, we think, Gate A. At Gate Coffin. A, left field. <laughs> Go say hi to Cody, but definitely appreciate you hanging with us for our first ever live and local Saturday. 
Come back and see us next Saturday, starting off at 10 a.m. We've got the noon. We've got, of course, us at 3. Us at 3. Overtime with uh, Jillian and Chris, of course, with Julio. Check you guys next week. Another R. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.